But something that is really interesting with the use case is that they build apps for two reasons. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to This Week in No Code. I'm your host, JJ Engler, and my co-host, David Pell, is not with us today. He's off on his honeymoon for the next two weeks. So, David, we are going to miss you for this episode. But audience, have no fear because we still have a great episode for you today. It is jam-packed with more AI news. OpenAI had their OpenAI Dev Day yesterday, which was just wow. So we're going to talk about all of the things coming on that side. Uh, we're going to talk about Twitter's new chatbot, Google Duet's new functionality within the Google Suites. I just launched a bubble beginner camp that I want to talk to you about. And then we are bringing in a special guest from WeWeb to talk about the platform and to do a showcase of how to build things in WeWeb, which is an up and coming front end builder that allows you to build beautiful UIs that are quick and responsive, and then to connect it to any backend of your choice. Without any further ado, let's get into our news of this week. OpenAI has introduced a new feature called GPTs, which allows you to create custom versions of ChatGPT tailored for specific purposes. Now, there were a lot of companies out there creating these types of tools already, and those companies have kind of been killed overnight by OpenAI. So OpenAI's GPTs are an incredible tool set that allow you to spin up custom knowledge libraries within just a few minutes. The way this works is you go in the ChatGPT, you create a new GPT, and that will be some sort of a topic. For example, I want to create a chat box to teach people how to build in Bubble. So what I would do is I would upload all of my Bubble education, the transcripts, all of the documents that I've written, all that kind of stuff. I would put it all into this library, like the second brain, right? And then from there, there's already an automated chat bot ready for you to interact with all that content you just fed it and coach and train you based on the prompt and the style that you want to assemble for that GPT. It is really groundbreaking stuff. And they are going to be launching a GPT store coming soon. So then that means that you can then take that GPT that you just made, launch it on the store and start earning money from that. And with OpenAI having 100 million weekly users, there's serious bang to be made here and just room for impact in this ecosystem that is growing and moving faster than we ever kind of ever seen before. So I was really excited about that and what they're doing with the GPT stuff side of that. Beyond that, they have in increased the context length for some of their models, ChatGPT for Turbo. That means that their length of the context is now up to 128,000, which is essentially equivalent to like 300 pages of a book. What this means is that you can throw a 250-page book into ChatGPT and it is going to do whatever you want it to do based on all that, that knowledge, all that text that you fed it in a really easy-to-use manner, right? And so some examples of how I have been using this already is I created a Bubble certification for beginners. And so while doing that, I went to Bubble's own manual and I fed the manual to ChatGPT and I said, digest this, right? And then from that, create questions and answers based on this content. And it created tons of that for me. And then I went through and 
you know, checked it and, you know, made sure it was all good. But that saved me a ton of time. ChatGPT, they continue to innovate. You know, they also have, you know, the new vision, Turbo Vision, which allows your API to actually see things. And so you could feed it a website and you can ask for feedback about how I can improve a website or you can have it watch a game a sports game, a video game, and have it commentate what's going on in that game in real time, there are a million use cases for this, right? It's getting really, really exciting. And they also allow you to now spin up your own agents to go and do work for you, which is something a lot of companies were already kind of doing, allowing you to spin up agents. And these agents could have independent tasks, but a shared brain. And so one agent could go do research. The second agent could transcribe that research. And then the third agent could email you when it's all done, right? And so they're now making built-in ability to create your own agents within OpenAI, which again, it's just getting really impressive with what they're doing, how fast they're moving. And it's just, it's a great time for this, this world in terms of the innovation that we're seeing. A lot of things are being adjusted quickly for the better. You know, it, things, software is just getting easier to use. And now is never a better time to be a, non-technical founder and or someone just looking to learn these new skills using AI, you can spend a couple hours a week and, and rapidly increase your efficiency, your productivity at work, at your own company, all that kind of stuff. So really excited about that. On the other side of the spectrum, we can move on to Twitter's new chatbot, which is Grok. A. This is something that Elon Musk has been working on in the background. It is trained on Twitter's well, sorry, X's own data, and it is using their real-time data, and then it has a bit of humor to it. They say that it's inspired by Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and has somewhat of a rebellious streak, but it has been trained on data in real time for the last four months, and it, it has a lot of potential, especially because of all the data that Twitter or X has and the news that it provides all, and all that kind of stuff that it's just data that no other agents, LMMs can access right now. And so there's a wealth of knowledge to be gained in its own unique way. And so I'm interested to see what's going to go on here. It's going to be available to X's premium members at $16 a month. Interested to follow that along a little bit more. Over on the Google side, Google Duet, they have continued to increase or roll out new AI integrations into their whole enterprise Google tools, right? Because like everyone else, you're just finding a lot of ways to take these basic tools, such as Google Slides, and introduce AI image generation to make it really easy to populate your slide presentations with custom images that make sense for that, right? And so with the new, new Duet AI, it just allows you to leverage machine learning, it'll insert or create those images for you in your presentation. And gone are the days of searching for this B-roll and or stock footage or clip art, all that kind of stuff. It's just going to be a lot more efficient way to do that. In Google Meet, they now have an AI enhanced note taker. So you can have it take notes for you, transcribe those notes, have summary of those notes. So you can eat, leave each meeting with you know, to-do lists and or you know, representations of what you guys talked about during that time. Again, another efficiency time saver thing that is just a very practical, practical use of AI coming to the Google suite of things. You know, and there's other stuff such as Google Chat and, and custom plans in Google Sheets and workplace prompts. I think where all this is going generally is just like other platforms, maybe like a Coda, where you can read all of your docs. You can read all of your files within that and say, hey, 
based on these files, you know, what is the response or ask it questions and it will respond back or take all these docs, summarize it, create this for me. I think all of the docs for Google Docs and, and G Suite, et cetera, are moving into its own kind of second brain where an enterprise and org can go in and say, hey, based on everything we got here, you know, spin me up a new spreadsheet or a new PowerPoint based on this kind of thing, using our own brand, our images, all that kind of stuff. Google continues to innovate here. I think, you know, while they are coming up, you know, and they're innovating well, I do think that they're still playing catch up in a lot of ways. They're not like the innovators here. There's a lot of other companies, I think, moving quicker. But given the size and the magnitude of Google, it's understandable that, you know, they're following suit really quickly, maybe not truly innovating or first movers, but they're, they're still right there. And when you're thinking about Google or, or just enterprise software functionality, it's nice to see Google's well-placed in there for the suite of documents and tools to keep you leveraging AI in a very smart way. Let's move on to my bubble beginner camp, the last news of this week. This is a camp that I just launched today, right? So November 7th, and it is a camp that I have been thinking about for a long time. This is my first bubble beginner video course, but it is much more than a video course. It is a place where you can come to learn how to launch an online business for the first time. So this is for non-technical people, people that are interested or have an idea for an online business or just want to learn the skills of what it would take to actually build an online business. This program is for you. It has a combination of video lessons, support from me and other dedicated experts, and then community with monthly events and whatnot. And so this is a really supportive, encouraging place to be if you're looking to learn a new skill set like Bubble. Bubble is a very sophisticated, powerful platform. And it's also a great tool because you can learn one thing and it's full stack. So you can take it all the way, just learning that one tool, meaning a business up to 100,000 users and beyond, right? So you can build really big businesses on Bubble. But because of such, the learning curve is pretty big. You know, normally people report it takes two to three months to learn. And along that way, you get stuck a lot of times. And so as someone that learned Bubble, you know, previously, three and a half years ago, I learned from a Udemy course. I had very limited support there. I had no community there. I had no one in my network that knew about any of this. And so I was often just talking to my wife about Bubble or just talking to anyone that would listen to me about it because I was so amazed and I loved it so much. But I always was struggling to find peers to connect with on that learning journey, mentors to help me through these next steps. And that's kind of why I created the program like it is with these three pillars of education, community, and support is I know the learning curve. I know that it can be challenging, but I know that with community and support from experts, it's much easier. And so I'm really excited to bring this program together. You can go to bubblebeginnercourse.com to check it out if you're interested. Uh, it is a monthly thing. You can cancel at any time. And it is a fantastic way to learn Bubble for the first time. And then once you learn Bubble, you can build a million businesses for the rest of your life on top of it. So that's that for the new section. Why don't we now go into our interview with Joyce from WeWeb and as we learn more about this platform, all of the benefits that it offers and so much more. Here we are with Joyce from WeWeb. Uh, she is one of the dev relations, helping to create engaging content, education for WeWeb, uh, the platform, the front end builder that allows you to connect any back end. Uh, really great, awesome experience building with WeWeb. Joyce, how are you today? I'm very good. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you for joining us from France, is it? Yeah, Paris, France. Awesome. So, beautiful city. A bit late right now, a bit dark. Yeah. 
All good. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. How did you get involved with WeWeb? How to summarize it. My background is like mostly liking to learn things. So I have a master's degree like in romantic poetry, romantic British poetry. I did a financial audit working with PwC and Disney. And then I, I ended up in the start world after doing a little stint as an entrepreneur working music with musicians. Okay. I ended up in the startup world and saw an opportunity to join WeWeb from one of my old, who's he's 10 years younger than me, but my old Python teacher. So, okay. and yeah, I, I applied and I joined WeWeb then. When were you guys created and like, what is your team size today? So WeWeb was created I think 2018, maybe 2019, but at the like, at the it beginning it was company. It went yeah. Through so y- at the beginning, yeah, it went through YC in winter 2021. Okay. And at the time, it was a website builder. So at the time, it was more about building the front end to integrate with a headless CMS. Like those okay. were really trendy at that point. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 yeah, and the team I wasn't there at the time. The team I think at that time was. I think seven of them did Y Combinator, so it's three co-founders and the and, and the early team, and they did they did Y Combinator remotely uh, because COVID and all of that. And it was yeah, they spent two months in a house together. It was pretty intense, and they realized they had there was no market for front end for gotcha. for what they were trying to do, and but they noticed that a lot of uh, users were kind of twisting the tool and building web apps with it, except they were, they needed to do mm-hmm. a lot of JavaScript and all that, like the nice workflow, visual workflows I showed you earlier, yeah. not possible back then. Yeah. And so that's when the team pivoted. Okay. And I joined, I like to say I joined right after it got like, right after it stopped being very messy. <laughs> so right after they found really what they wanted to do, I joined then and now where it's 12 of us. Great. Still, it's still a small team, but growing and again, a great product. How many people do you have building on WeWeb yet so far, do you think? Honestly, I don't know. I I assume it's growing because I see a lot of people are saying, hey, I'm starting WeWeb. Hey, I'm starting WeWeb. But it's still smaller compared to, I think, others. Yeah. Oh, it's definitely smaller than Bubble, for example. Bubble, Webflow, like they've been around for 10 years, have done a fantastic job. So yeah, definitely way smaller than than those companies and the the others i'm not sure i think it's there are quite a few tools that are i would say around like kind of the same age like the xano photoflows software i feel like i mean i I don't have any insider information but you know it it feels like it's uh the market is is slowly structuring itself and everybody is kind of figuring out what they're best at yeah yeah i think it's a really exciting time for no code tools we're seeing a lot of decoupling happening because people just want to mix and match it's i think people are used to having a traditional stack where you can just pick the best of what you want right and bring it all together and you know bubble's not that's that one thing but bubble is not good at everything and so then they're like okay well why don't we make something that's really good at a back end and make something else that's really good at a front end and then just combine those two and it's a happy marriage right and i think that's kind of what we're seeing now with WeWeb and supa or WeWeb and zeno there's so many different ways that you can create these scalable applications and or you go to an enterprise client and say, hey, I have this old SQL database that I want to bring to life again, you know, use that, throw a nice, beautiful front end in it and like bring that data back to life, you know, it is really exciting and enterprise focused way. Yeah. 
Very cool. Very cool. If you don't mind, let's get right into WeWeb. I'm super yep. excited to learn more about the platform. Why don't you pull up your screen and take us through it sure. a little bit more? Yeah. So let me show you. All right. Can you see everything okay? Yep. Here we go. Maybe I'll zoom in a little bit. Yep. Um, so I did a little roadmap project just for you, JJ Roadmap, I called it. Uh, <laughs> so it's this is the WeWeb editor. Okay. And this is the. We see dark mode, light mode right away. Yeah, I can okay. I can go to light mode, but very cool. It hurts my eyes a little bit. I'm not okay. used to it anymore. <laughs> and I write a lot of user docs, so for me, I think it's nicer to put it in dark mode because then the black, the dark mode stands out on the white page of the user docs. Yeah, and Joyce, we have a lot of listeners listening audio only, so I'm just going to visually kind of talk about what I'm sure. seeing on the screen as well. I haven't been in this editor all too much, but I heard wonderful things. And so the first things that I'm seeing around is on the left-hand side, we see all of our containers, our groups, our elements in a hierarchy, yeah. right? What is a property tree, something along that line. And then at the top, we have, you know, different responsive viewpoints. We have our, you know, our, our data, our auth are different components, mm -hmm. probably different little libraries that we can get into. Um, yep. And then on the right hand side, we have, you know, if you're going to click on something, it's probably probably like a property editor or something to adjust yep. whatever you're clicking on, the, the fonts, the alignments, the displays, all that kind of stuff. So kind of what we're used to with a, you know, no code builder, it's just, you know, property tree on the left, property editor on the right, canvas in the middle here looks very clean and well put together. Not overwhelming yet either. Nice. And hopefully it stays that way. There, there are <laughs> going to be like a few big changes to the like the developer environment in the next four, six weeks. But I, I've, okay. I saw the mockups earlier today and I think they look really amazing. So as you mentioned, like it's a challenge because, and I'm, I heard in one of your previous shows mentioning like challenge for no code tools as they're ending, adding more and more complex features to keep yes. the interface simple, to not yeah. become like a huge Photoshop layout. So yeah, it's a big challenge for sure for our product team and the designers, but hopefully yeah. we manage it. Who do you see your persona as? Like, is is it like a an experienced no-code dev? Is it a traditional dev? It is a business owner? Like who is that main persona for you guys? I think people who are really building, who are enjoying building the most in WeWeb are okay. either people who have experience with other no-code tools like Webflow or Softer or Bubble, mm -hmm. and and they want to try for whatever reason, you know, they might want to try a WeWeb. They're usually pretty happy with it. And also traditional developers like our okay. tools quite a lot because you can there are a bunch of developer features like you, you can import your own custom components. So I don't know if everyone is familiar with like React and Vue. And sure. so a WeWeb app is a Vue app. So you can okay. actually import any Vue components you like. And export, um, right? Yeah. And you can export the code. So a lot of, yeah, traditional developers love that. And of course, no coders do too. But yeah, it seems like developer, traditional developers enjoy it. And mm -hmm. no coders who, who have like, no coders who come from Webflow, they usually like get it right away. Yeah. Sometimes it takes a little bit more time for uh, people who've tried Bubble or Softer because it's the logic is a little bit different. Okay. Um, what would be yeah. an example of that? Do you have one off the top of your head? 
If well, not, a big one for a big one for bubblers is that we don't have the data uh, right. In, right in in WeWeb. So I know a lot of bubblers are more and more used to working with external data like Zano, so they're used to that. Mm -hmm. uh, but also, for example, if I look if I look at workflows, I have my workflows here and you know, I can beautiful add, uh, visual uh, canvas editor, you know, very visual with your logics of first, second and third, you know, option yeah. splits, etc. Yeah. And so I've heard, I don't have a lot of experience with Bubble myself, but I, I've heard uh, some users who are less f familiar with that, that way of working with workflows. Yeah. Also and understanding, of course, that how Bubble does it in that way. Bubble's not visual like that. It's more of like okay. a step-by-step -step thing. And that was like a very visual tree of like a logic tree. Okay. And, and yeah, and of course, like all these workflows in WeWeb are front-end workflows. So again, if you're coming from Bubble, I'm guessing it might be confusing because some of the workflows that you would do in Bubble, now you would do in the backend of your choice. So it might be Xano, it might be Right, Supervise, and front-end meaning client-side. So it's happening yeah. in your client's device, which you normally wouldn't, you wouldn't create data in that way. So that's those kind of workflows you push to your backend. Your backend would create that data, send it back to WeWeb to display that data. Fantastic. All right, so what are we looking at here? We have a board. It's an under review, a plan. So it's like a Trello-like board and you have three different columns for it. What are you yeah. using to create the columns? Like in Bubble, we say like, this is like a repeating group. Is this like a list, a table? What is okay. the terminology for it in WeWeb? So in WeWeb, we call it list or collection list, okay. Webflow, but it's basically a repeating. Here, it's actually two repeating groups. So there's one repeating group, which is my columns. Okay. So if I if I fold this, you see that I have one container, and inside that container, I only have one columns element. Okay. And then inside that columns element, I have one column, even though yeah. you see three on the page, but it's one column repeated three times. Okay. And then inside that column, you have one header, and one, one repeating group again, a list mm -hmm. of tickets. Yeah. And then inside that tickets is one repeated item. That's uh, awesome. So it can, it can. Okay, okay. I'm, gl I'm glad it's free because I was worried that yeah, I nested too many things in there. No, 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 that's good. My question for you is when we get in the repeating group, like lists like this that are displaying dynamic data in Bubble, you can only really edit the first cell of that, right? And then you, you create the format in that first cell and then it repeats that. It's a repeating group, right? Yeah. Is that similar in this case or do you, can you control that a little bit more? No, it's similar. Yeah. So here, for example, I'm inside, I'm inside a repeated group. So the first child element will yeah. be repeated. Yep. So yes, you need that first child element will be the item that is repeated. So I'm guessing that's similar to yeah, like the yep. first cell you reference in, in Bubble. Yep, yeah. got it. Great. And so this front end you built on WeWeb, obviously. What are you yeah. using for the data source to bring this in? So the data source, I added uh, two plugins, uh, one for the Xano data source and one for the Xano authentication. And uh, just plug in, for example, here for a second and just walking us through what data sources sure. you have available. Sure, sure. Uh, so we have like Xano, REST API, Supabase, Airtable, Google Sheets is just for displaying data. You can't really edit SQL, GraphQL. We can have JavaScript. We have a few native integrations like Smart Suite. Wow, there's a lot. Yeah, yeah, there's quite a few. And I mean, I think with GraphQL and REST API, you can pretty much do everything. Yeah. Can you connect two databases to the same app? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. So you can have, say that. you have an enterprise client that has an old SQL, you can create like an admin page for them in the SQL, but then you can spin up like a new yeah. thing with a new 
And wow, that's very cool. Yeah. You can only have, at the moment, you can only have one authentication system. Makes sense. Yeah. And again, we have like token based, for example, we have an open ID. So same thing with the, with these two, you can pretty much do anything. And then we have extensions like charts, dates. We don't put those by default because for example, when you add the charts, you add, we add the chart JS library. Yep. So it's not that heavy, but since not every project needs it, yeah, just why don't make it, heavier. it by default. Yep. Yeah. Makes sense. So you have this library of extensions. Let's just list a couple out. We have charts, dates, NPM, Stripe, Stripe open AI. Open yeah. Uh, Google is Google Maps and reCAPTCHA okay. and Mapbox. Um, a few tracking ones. Yeah. Typeform, Twitch, you, mainly all the basics you need. What if someone wants to like build their own library to add into this? Is that something where, you know, users of WeWeb can create their own plugins and or an extensions and add their own extensions? So for extensions, that'll be possible. We're working on it for Q1, 2024. Oh, cool. It's coming soon. Yeah. With anything visual, uh, any like elements, you can already do that. Like if, for example, you wanted to take the calendar and pimp it up, make it your own, customize it. You could actually <laughs> like go to our GitHub. The calendar element is open source. So you could actually like fork it customize it like you want to, and then import it back and have your wow. own. That's already possible. Wow. But for extensions, that'll be possible in Q1. Okay. So then Q1, you're looking at users being able to create their own extensions and then maybe an extension store in that way. Yeah. So the marketplace will be in closed beta in December, like November, December, later okay. November, December. So that will be a closed beta. We're hoping to release it in Q1 to the general public. Mm -hmm. At first, it will be mostly like UI kits and like visual elements. And we'll slowly like open it to a like a few trusted partners for extensions. And then sure. once that we're happy that it's rolling and we everything is smooth, we'll we'll open we'll make a we'll open it to everyone. Sure. I oh, and actually I, I forget there's uh I do have this demo. This it's a demo I like because it for data sources, for example, we're talking about it. We're using REST API mm -hmm. because we're connecting to a movie database and we're using Supabase as a backend yep. uh, for our where we store the user's favorite movies okay. and we have the authentication. So that's a good example of like using two data sources in one project. Can you, can you preview that app? Is that ready to be previewed? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So here it's like, I think I'm maybe too zoomed in. Yeah, so it's like searching movies and you can search through like, look for Matrix. I, I logged in earlier, so oh, I cool. saved Matrix. I can unsave one, for example, was removed. Nice. Cool. It's a beautiful looking UI. Yeah, I didn't build this. I, I don't have a designer. I don't have a designer eye. <laughs> well, it, it's beautiful. I like the little animations, the hovers, like you can tell the attention yeah. to the detail with your editor is really there. You know, it's quick, it's responsive. You know, I think WeWeb is known for building like really fast, you know, front ends that, you know, good SEO, quick responses, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, we, we try. Awesome. All right, let's go back into your WeWeb example for this, what is it, task planner. So we have this repeating group here. It is fetching data from, was it Airtable, you said? Xano. So we have Xano. like okay. three collections from Xano. Okay. And... Really like once, so when you, when you add a data source, if I, if I look at 
Airtable, for example, if I added it, you just need to add your personal access token, your API yeah. key, it depends on, on the plugin. And once you've added the plugin, you can create data collections. Okay. And basically you say, okay, my source is Xano. And then, I mean, depending on the plugin, it will, it can be a slightly different, but in Xano, you choose your API group, your endpoint, yeah. and then you just see the data that is being fetched. Okay. Uh, you can see it in like this view that developers, traditional developers like it because they can clearly see it's an array with objects. Yeah. Uh, it's an array like of objects. And, yeah, exactly. And okay. um, you can do a bit of filtering in the front end, pagination, uh, stuff like that. Okay, and, cool. So you could front end filter or server side filter with your data sources there. So the server side in Xano, for the Xano plugin, the server side filter, you would do it like in Xano on your API. Sure. Sure. But for for Superbase, for example, if I go to Superbase collection, it's a little bit different. So it would be from Superbase. Here we go. Movies available. Then you can configure your query. Okay. And this is coming before you fetch the data. So in yeah. that case, it is a server-side filter. Oh, nice. So you can do that within WeWeb there. Yeah. So you can do that for Superbase and for the Airtable plugin as well, because they have the filters by formula. So that really depends on like the integration, like what's possible with the. Yeah. What do you think is the best, the, the easiest backend to use, right? Like if, because I know Supa is incredible, but it is really a low code solution. Zeno is also incredible. It's a no code solution. When you're, you know, getting up to speed for WeWeb for the first time, what would be the easiest backend to connect to? I think it really depends on your background. So I think if you're used to Airtable, you can just continue with Airtable until you reach the, its limits. Like it yeah. is usually API rate limits where you're like, you get a bunch of 429 errors yeah. due to rate limits. So then you want to upgrade. Also, if you need, like, if you actually need to build a secure web app with a, a an auth system, it's, it can be nice to move to Xano or Superbase to have that yeah. everything together. I think, yeah, it depends on your profile. Some people just, love the Superbase interface, even though it's more low code than, than Xano. Mm -hmm. uh, and the, I think one of the big strengths that Superbase has right now is that their, their use of AI is very good. Yeah. So even though it's low code, now they have kind of a, I mean, we have like a WeWeb Copilot yeah. and they have something similar where you can ask their AI integration to write the SQL for you. So even though... It's more low code. low code. You can prompt it with no code. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, I don't it depends. I, I really love, I, I love both Xano and Superbase. I think they yeah. they have strength. Do, do you have any like have use strength. cases or client examples that you can show us of like the volume and or scale of clients using Web, WeWeb and whatever backend and like them succeeding with that? Yeah, sure. So for example, we work with PwC France, the big auditing consulting firm. And their stack is Superbase WeWeb. Okay. The reason for that is that Superbase is, and they can export the code basically for both and self-hosted, hosted, hosted on-premise. And they don't, they don't actually do that. They just want to do that or do no, they? No, they do. Oh, they do. They, so they build it and then they export it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and wow. they host, uh, they host the WeWeb app on, on their premise. We have no access because they're like the entire business is data and <laughs> security and confidentiality. So. We have no access uh, to that, which is completely normal, of course. Yeah, but I that's mean, really cool. Yeah, I wasn't aware of that. That you could 
they could self-host WeWeb. Yep. Uh, so not the editor, like the editor, anytime they want to make a change to the app, they wouldn't need to come back to the WeWeb editor. They sure. make their changes, they export it again. But something that is really interesting with the PwC use case is that they build apps for two reasons. They build apps for their own internal tools. Mm-hmm. They, with WeWeb and Superbase and others, you know, they don't do everything in no code. Some they do with code at the yeah. team, but I, I know what they do with, with us. And they also have an entire department that is building a, an app store. So it's apps that they then sell to their customers. Mm. So PwC apps like that are really specialized depending on, I don't know, it can be risk management and things like that pertaining to, to audit and, and, and consulting. Yeah. So that they develop these tools that they know that their clients will want to work with. And so for me, that's huge because, I mean, I think it shows how much they trust us and how much, you know, it started with two projects, two test projects, and now they, you know, they have, I think, half a dozen or a dozen with us. And something that I found, so at the No Code Summit uh, early in October, yeah. we invited one of the uh, the first PwC developer like who, who built on, on WeWeb to talk about his experience and, and something I hadn't realized because I wasn't involved in the project, but that I thought was very interesting is that for PwC, for the IT department to accept a new tool, there's a huge audit auditing process, sure. you know, and, and security and all that. So at first, it took a long time, you know, to get uh, Superbase and WeWeb approved, you know, there was a lot of back and yeah. forth, so it took a few months. But the really cool thing for this type of company is that once legal has approved and IT has approved, then the stack is approved. And they don't, when they build a new app, they don't need to go through yeah. the auditing process again because the stack has been approved. Yeah. Anyway, I thought that was very interesting from an enterprise point of view. Yeah. I'm, so I'm they're, they're essentially building a view app, but they're using yeah. you to make it faster to build that view app. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I, why would I just write the code? I'll just build it all on WeWeb and then export the yeah. code and it was my front end. Yeah, absolutely. And wow. Matthew, cool. the, the, the guy that I interviewed for the No Code Summit, he's a traditional developer, but yeah. on team, on the team that, so he's full stack. He, he could do this. He could code the, sure. the apps he's building in WeWeb and Superbase. But the other team that are building apps for the clients, a lot of them are not developers or not traditional developers. Yeah. So there's also that it's giving them the opportunity to build apps and products that they wouldn't be able to to build otherwise because they wouldn't sure. have the the resources to build them. Beautiful. So and cool. yeah, I mean, so the editor is obviously still on WeWeb's servers and everything, but the ability yep. to just export that code allows you to have an enterprise go on premise and to yep. you know keep all their security in house at that big level, which some companies really need. And yeah, that's a huge selling point. We also have a, a customer, for example, in, in the public service, because you mentioned about users using the app. So we have like customer portals that are being used by millions of people every, like every, I want to say month, because okay. day sounds like too much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's because we have, I'm thinking of one in Indonesia where it's definitely several million in a month. And that's okay. more of a, of a, not a marketplace, but where you can read books. Okay. And awesome. and the other the one in the public sector, oh, I don't remember the stats exactly, but I think it's because we invited them the No Code Summit as well. I think it's like 
100, 200,000 daily active users on the apps, on the on one of the apps. So, yeah. So I think, and they have their own backend. So they have yeah. their own custom backend and the frontend is on WeWeb. That's awesome. And WeWeb is, is web only, yeah? I mean, it's mobile responsive. You can break it down, but it's not, yeah. you're not shipping it to app stores. So we publish a PWA. So in theory, yeah. you could, you could wrap you it. Wrap it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're going to, yeah. But for now, oh, so maybe we should interview you because for now, the PWA yeah. uh, functionalities are, are fairly limited. So it's one of the priorities for Q1 is to add all the, like, the really important features for like push notifications yeah. and uh, oh. uh, biometrics and stuff like that. So adding oh, that awesome. in Q1 and then so, we'll start exploring like a wrapper to okay. be able to push it easily to app stores. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Why don't you talk about your co-pilot a little bit? I see you have this co-pilot and it allows you to create components, import HTML. What else does it allow you to do? Yeah. So the first, the first use is you can ask a question. So that will link to like a YouTube video or the user docs. It can be very helpful. Great. The create section, create an element. Honestly, for me at this point, it's a little bit gimmicky. Okay. So you could ask it to, to create, I don't know, create a card with a text and image. Honestly, I don't know what it will generate or if it'll be any good. I, I never, I never use it because it, I think most of the time it, yeah. And it's just quicker to build it because you want yeah. something really nice and custom. So unless like you, and also you have to wait for the API. Yeah. So I can, That's I can not drop bad. the element. It's nice. And you could, yeah. You could drop yeah. it right in. So you got your card with your text and your image. Nice. Yeah. So you, you can do that. I rarely use it for that. Yeah. You can import HTML. Okay. It What's will the not. Of that? Benefit so of you, that is if you have, for example, a design in Figma, okay. you can export the HTML from Figma. Oh. And you can import it here. But oh. it's it's not that useful in the sense that, for example, in Figma, if you have a search bar, yeah. Figma like doesn't know it's a search bar. So you will import a nice looking gotcha, search bar in WeWeb. But it's not the dynamic, yeah, yeah. It's not the dynamic search bar element. It will yeah. be a div with text and all that. Yeah. So it works beautifully. Not the right not... elements in some situations. Yeah. So yeah. we're working on that. Like it's one of the big projects for 2024. That yeah, that the import HTML functionality is like super useful because we can translate, we can understand what you mean, and yeah. and put the right element for you. Yeah. Um, and I think, sorry, right now, the most, the, what our users use the most is actually the copilot and the formulas. Okay. So in WeWeb, you have a bunch of no code formulas. If you're familiar with, you know, Google's Google sheets or Excel or Airtable, sure. your users will, users will recognize them, but sometimes it can be a little bit complicated. So you can, you could ask, for example, to say, okay, um, Give me a list of tickets with the status under review. under review. Yeah. And so I just I need to give it tell it what data to use. So I need I do need to tell copilot okay. what information. Sure. And let's see if it finds 
Okay, so it's creating this formula for you. It's filtering by this ticket data source, a field with status ID and under review, something like that. Yeah, and oh, except I forgot that my status has an ID. I, I think it's understandable. Yeah, it, but yeah, you know, it's great. It, you it, have you a lot idea. of options to create these formulas, but they do look a yeah. little bit more complex. And so this AI allows you to streamline those formula creations. Yeah. And like, I'm a big Excel user. So for me, I actually love writing the formulas myself. Like this is the okay. formula I wrote, but I know that the formulas can be a little bit confusing for, for some people at first. Yeah. I, I think it's just, I come from that Excel background, so I just love them. <laughs> Yeah, and and I also like the win the sensation of being a genius when I managed to, get it right. To, yeah, yeah, to get it right when it's a little bit complex. That's fun. Sure, sure. So as we work to wrap up here, where where do you think WeWeb is going? You know, like I think they're definitely paving the lane. But like this next year, what do you think we're going to see from WeWeb? Yeah, I think the big thing uh, for us is improving the the building experience so i think right now like the feedback is is very good in, in the editor like people seem to really have fun building in WeWeb, but they sometimes struggle with something that should be simple sure. um like for example filtering through a collection with a select element mm -hmm. or being able for example with a search bar to look for google places you know places mm -hmm. in google stuff like that that should be more simple or having a, a phone input where you have the flag the country flag and the country code so you can you can already do all this in in WeWeb, but with the marketplace we think there'll be more and more ready-made components so mm -hmm. if you're looking for that phone input or if you're looking for that search through google places it will already exist because someone will have built it and made it available yeah. so um, i think that will that would be really cool for like everyone and then for more advanced users we're adding the components and the ability to develop your own your own custom extensions yeah so i think that will like unlock even more possibilities and, and make the developer experience faster. Yeah. Even faster because right now you can already build your own comp like you can design your own elements and you can save them to your design system. Mm -hmm. But if you save it to the design system, like if you add it on another project and make it change, if you make it change, it won't be refle reflected everywhere. Whereas with the components, you will be able to decide if you want to be the change to affect all the workspace or not, which can be very helpful for companies that have a design system or for agencies yeah. who work with uh, libraries and design systems. So I think those are like things that our users don't necessarily need, like they can build without, mm -hmm. but having them will like, I hope, you know, they will, they'll enjoy it even more. Yeah, I think that's going to be the big focus, making the developer experience even even better, and that includes like the community, the educational content, the you know, in addition to the new features in the product. Yeah, and mobile, of course, what I already mentioned. Uh, yeah, I think it's a bright future. Like I said, you have a lot of happy users that are using it, and and I can see why it's very versatile. I think it's an enterprise ready tool that it's like folks that might be afraid of using a bubble because of a lock-in or anything like that or security or regulations like this could really give you all the control that you need at that enterprise level while still maintaining a beautiful front end still moving really quickly being able to export your code bring it on premise if need be all of those options remain true so you're not really 
worried as much about a platform lock-in, if anything, because you have so much flexibility here and the benefits that of the speed and the 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 building speed that it provides, you know, is is really valuable. So it looks like it's a really bright future for WeWeb, and I, I'm really excited to see where you guys take it. Cheers. And we talked a lot about enterprise, but I think like my favorite stories from WeWeb, but of course it's biased because I I work a lot in the community and and recording the academy. But for me, my favorite stories also because I identify with them is like no coders who kind of catch the coding bug through WeWeb. Like it happened to me when I was building websites with Webflow, for example, yeah. where, you know, you learn a little bit of HTML and CSS and you're like, oh, that's cool. Like you understand yeah. how things work. And I think with WeWeb, then suddenly you also learn a little bit of JavaScript. Maybe you don't need it, but sometimes you, you want to try it and you learn something and you learn like how the internet works and how web applications yeah. work. And I think that's kind of addictive. And when when I see... I mean, I see some users who like 18 months ago had no coding experience and now they're like, yeah, they're building apps for either as entrepreneurs or I'm thinking of Kian who works for a hospital and developed tools for the hospitals. He works with like training tools, building apps in no, like in no code with WeWeb. And, and yeah, I think it's really cool because like, yeah. They're really cool tools. I and mean, like he he doesn't he, he wasn't a developer to start with. That's yeah. really nice. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on today. We'll make sure to put the information for WeWeb in the description of our comments. As always, it's a joy talking to you and talking more about WeWeb. And you're welcome back anytime. So if you guys have groundbreaking features or anything, let us know and we'll get you back on the show. Okay. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. Yes, me right. too. That was a wonderful interview with Joyce from WeWeb. Super glad that we got them on the show. Again, in the no-code world, there's been a lot of people talking about them, some leaving Bubble and some others kind of going to them because of all the flexibility that they provide at that enterprise level and being able to bring your own backend to it. There's just a lot of control there, right? I think the build speed will continue to get faster. It's maybe not that as quick as some others yet, but as you can heard from this interview, it's near future, it's going to get faster and faster and faster. And it's already that much faster than a traditional software provider. So really excited to see all the things that are happening on the WeWeb front. Otherwise, we're just going to finish it off here. And with David, he will be gone one more week, but we have another special guest for next week. Uh, and otherwise, that's it for this week in No Code. And I will see you next week in No Code. See you guys. <music>